Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Hey, I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go, right? There's a host, a guest, and a light Q&A. On NPR's new podcast, Wild Card, we have ripped up the typical script. It's part existential deep dive and part game show. I ask actors, artists, and comedians to play a game using a special deck of cards to ask some of life's biggest questions. Listen to NPR's Wild Card on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Vanessa Bayer, and this is my brother, Jonah. We're two siblings who love to talk about our childhood and nostalgia and how it shaped us into the people we are today. Who know we're going to have a great time with today's guest, and that's not a gamble. Welcome to How Did We Get Weird. Jonah, so you were saying earlier today that you're experiencing the first snow of the year where you live. Yep, we got some snow up here in the northeast. We haven't gotten it. Usually we get it way earlier. I was driving home from work the other day and it was slow goings. It was, yeah, driving in the snow. Not fun. Not fun. Now, I have a question because I live in LA where it doesn't really snow. So I'm curious, you know, when we were kids, the first snow of the year was quite exciting. And yeah. I feel like maybe as an adult, I'm just curious, how, how would you say those two things differ? It's not as exciting as an adult. Like, <laughs> okay. l- like most things. <laughs> I'm thinking about driving. I'm thinking about my heating bill. I'm thinking about, you know, it, yeah, it's not it's not as exciting. I mean, it's it's nice because it's, you know, hopefully it means the planet isn't completely melting. Right, 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 um, right. So it's good that it's still happening. But it yeah. is, yeah, it definitely doesn't have the same novelty of wanting to go sledding, wanting to do fun stuff in the snow. It's more of like, okay, I got to shovel this stuff. Where's the shovel? My back's going to be sore. It's it's a lot more adult stuff. So you're not really missing out that much. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the thing that I would get the most excited to do when it would start to snow was make a snow angel. And now the idea of like doing that, I'm like, no way, Jose. I don't want to lie down in the snow. That sucks. Right. Then you got to do the laundry. (laughs) Then your clothes are all wet. Then it's like, it's. And also, I feel like when we were kids, because we were from Cleveland and it was so cold there, we had like snow pants and stuff and snow and that stuff. You got to lie down in that stuff. It gets all wet. And you're like, check, please. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I'm curious to see how our today's guest I am too feels about this whole snow based on you know where he lives. So let's get into it. Our guest today is a musician, actor, and comedian. You might know as the lead singer for Dracula's High Tension Wires and one of my favorite bands, Riverboat Gamblers. Let's give a warm how did we get where welcome to Mike Weeby. Mike, what is up? Hey, what is up, guys? We, we, uh, in Texas, I'm from, I'm, I grew up in North Texas, Denton, Texas, and I live in Austin, Texas now. And it snows maybe like once a year. So it was all, okay. and honestly, it continues to be a little bit exciting, except for Texas is, it politically is a little bit of a wackadoodle place sometimes. <laughs> and, they're like there's like a I don't know the ins and outs, but they're like not on a power grid that like is oh, regulated. Right. So like two years ago in Austin, it snowed and iced really bad and um all the power went out in the entire almost in the entire city. I live really close to the airport, um, because I've made it. And um <laughs> and like uh but but so the power stayed on, you know? 
which was great for me. So I had like people kind of trudging their way over just to get warm, but there was like no power for in this sub, you know, freezing temperatures for like four days or something like that. So that was my first taste of like, oh, snow can be bad and not fun. Cause to to me, it's always this rare special treat that like, what is this stuff? It's it's still magical to me. Right, right, right. You should have gone to Cancun with Ted Cruz. Am I right? I know. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I remember (laughs) that was so funny. God. Ted Cruz sucks so bad. He's the worst. (laughs) The weasel. (laughs) <laughs> so so it's kind of a, still a novelty to you yeah so wh- how's it yeah. i guess like it, how has it changed since growing up like was this like a huge deal as a kid growing up in texas the one oh, day it would snow it's the best because we get if we get a couple of flurries they close down the entire city so we yeah. <laughs> so i remember like i in the winters when i was in like grade school and 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 probably all the way up to high school but even like as a young young kid in grade school excitedly watching the weather um every night during the winter praying that there was going to be snow so we could get out of going to school because i I hated going to school at a very young age and uh and it was always such a it's just so magical to like open up the window and see that there was a full bed of snow and know that you were not going to have to go to school it was just the best the dream the dream Dream. it's so funny because as a kid you're like kind of jonah you were touching on this you don't have to shovel the... I mean, I guess once in a while you do have to shovel the driveway, but you don't really have to drive in the snow because you can't drive yet. You don't have to right. really deal with stuff with your house getting like messed up by the snow. All you do is like look at how pretty it is and get to play in it. It's funny because I was just thinking in California, people will drive to the mountains to get snow. And it's like, I'd like to stay here where there's no snow. Right. Meaning in L.A., Okay, let's move on. But the point is, like, (laughs) I'm just saying snow is such a novelty if you're a kid or if you're in a place, I guess, that doesn't get it a lot. Jonah, do you remember when we visited our cousins in Northern California and it snowed there and they absolutely lost their minds? Yeah, I do remember that. That was I mean, what I remember most is eating a bunch of rainbow sherbet and then throwing up Uh, like (laughs) (laughs) was that at that time? It, I think it was the same trip. We were in some kind of vehicle with a lot of people and I was sitting backwards, like toward, you know how like a lot of cars, cars in the 80s would have face- the seats that face out the yeah. back, which I, I don't think was like working for me. Especially after eating a bunch of rainbow sherbet. Was it um, vomit in perfect rainbow colors that's, too? That's actually Red, so yellow, interesting. Green, blue. I, I thought maybe it would be at the time. Yeah. Turns out, no. Turns out like, uh, yeah, no, just looks regular. <laughs> That's disappointing. But you know what else? (laughs) This is going to not be as fun, but the thing I remember probably from that trip too was, do you remember? Well, I don't know if either of you would remember these Freemans, like face masks and all this like bath and body stuff that had all these colors on the packages. And we would experiment with all of them in Ukiah when we would visit our cousins. But um, also rainbow colored, but not something you would ingest and then throw up. So you could, I bet. I bet you would throw up if you I did. I bet you ingest would throw it. it up. Good point. You know what? Very really good, good point, point Mike. Mike. I bet you would throw it up. But wow, we had a lot of fun when we would go to Ukiah. So Mike, so you, so you grew up in Texas. You'd have the snow days, and then like, what was your kind of vibe like in in high school? Because obviously, you're like very kind of like a performative person were you like that in high school or were you more kind of quiet or what were you sort of like i was yeah i would think i was pretty performative i was in theater and did theater stuff all the time were there any uh, productions you want to kind of shout out that you did oh yeah i mean (laughs) i mean people already know them so i (laughs) feel like it's a little it's a a a little braggy or whatever uh no i was in one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Whoa. Which was a very like I remember being so excited that we were gonna do that, but then just like watching the the theater teacher, uh Jeanette Abney, who was a really great teacher, and but watching her just go through every page with a black marker and just marking at all the lines that we couldn't say. Um, you know, cause it's really like, it's an adult, it's an adult thing. Like it's right, not, right. it's really ridiculous to have a bunch of high school kids trying to pull that one off. But, uh, what was, uh, you can't take it with you was right, one. right. Yeah. 
I don't know yeah. that one. So you're doing dramas. I mean, these are not musical plays where people are singing and dancing. You're doing more kind of hardcore, um, dramatic acting sort of. That's what I'm known for. Yes, <laughs> yeah. for sure. Yeah. That's yeah. that's in that circuit. Yeah, I was the. Um, yeah, I was. <laughs> I was not the Mandy Patinkin. I was more of just a. Uh, I don't the know. Robert a dramatic, De Robert De Niro. Robert yeah. De Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, Vanessa has a lot of issues with some of the casting decisions made in our high school productions. Her not getting certain roles. Um, middle school. Really, so I middle think it's school. More she's, she's held on to that a lot. Do you have any, those kind of feelings or have you kind of let that go over the last, you know, 30 years um, or so? I feel like I'm, I mostly got what I wanted. I feel pretty lucky, but I never got leads and I was always kind yeah. of wanted to be the more character-y kind of, you know, people that didn't have to hold the you know carry the whole thing i was like right. somebody who you know who's i remember doing a separate piece which yep. was about oh. like uh about like this kid who his buddy breaks his leg and dies and it's in the snow but i gotta play the the schizophrenic the schizophrenic side character who goes to the army and goes crazy or whatever and that was like so that you know i, I never i never went out for anything that like that wasn't within my wheelhouse, which was always like the nerd or the or the freaky Audi person. Yeah. You're doing such dramatic plays. I was like, how do I know a separate piece? And then I remembered that in my eighth grade, like honors English class, we read it and it was yeah. so dramatic. And it's very depressing. Yeah. It's, it's so depressing. Yeah, it's, it's so depressing. crazy. You guys did that as a play. Yeah, that I never feels thought of insane. It. Yeah. Like our plays at our high school were sort of I was. I remember being the princess in the pea. <laughs> yeah, Jonah, you were in the princess in the pea. I yeah. remember in middle Annie, school, and I remember yeah. seeing it. I mean, it. Yeah. ours were much more kind of much basic. more. Yeah, yeah. You know, the the much less serious kind of stuff. A separate. A lot of also a lot of things you're naming. I didn't even know were plays. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like they're just these like really dramatic, depressing yeah. books that somebody did. You guys do Taxi Driver or anything yeah, like that? Yeah, we did. We did Schindler's List, the play. Um, <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It feels Sophie's Choice, uh, right? Wow. No, I I don't know. I don't know. I wonder if that's just some sort of a part of the uh, the wackadoo politics of Texas trickling Whoever down into was the in into yeah, regional was theater like... programs. Let's get these kids into the grittiest of yeah. uh, plays. <laughs> wow. <laughs> now, so you're from Austin? I'm from Denton, no. Texas. Oh, you're from which Denton. Is, That's right. It's, That's a, right. it's, it's That's a little right. suburb outside of Dallas uh, that has okay. like a couple couple little colleges in it. And uh, it's kind of... it. I always describe Denton as like a micro Austin where it's like... You could kind of be a art. It was, it was pretty friendly to like freaky artist kind of people, but okay. also very small. And then, then we moved to Austin because it was just like, oh, it's just this way bigger version of Denton. Yeah. And obviously Denton, you know, Vanessa, you may not be aware of this, but like has an incredible music scene. Mike's a part of with, you know, like Marked Men, Mind yeah. Spider, you know, Mind all Spider. these incredible yeah. bands, which feels like it's like... I don't know, 20 guys or something that are in like 9,000 bands. All yeah, we all, we were all in each other's bands. There was, wow. there wasn't a lot to do. So we all just played in each other's bands. And when did you move to Austin? How old were you when you moved there? I've been here about 20 years now. So has it changed at all? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I have a question about this. <laughs> I have a question. Like, okay. When South by Southwest happens, do you go, Oh boy. And was it always like that? Like how has South by Southwest influence on you changed in the last 20 years? Um, everybody local, not everybody, but a lot of local people are like, Oh yeah, yeah. South by Southwest. But I, from not living here, I was always excited to come down for South by Southwest. Cause right. we were, we started performing and stuff like years and years before we moved here. And then, um, I mean, I've gotten weary of it at times, but for the most part, I've always kind of enjoyed it because it means that a whole bunch of friends from other yeah. bands are coming into town. It means sure. that I'm probably going to get to see a cool movie. Then when I started doing comedy, like I never, there's not a lot of like local comics that do 
do comedy, but there's a lot of cool, famous, you know, big people that you get to go see and yeah. satellite shows. So I've always kind of enjoyed it. It's it's a little hectic, especially when I used to like work in bars because it would mean that I would, you know, between like attending things and working, I was just getting no sleep for an entire like two weeks. But yeah, but I've always kind of I've always kind of liked it. I always felt like there was too much hemming and hawing about right, it right, 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 not being fun. Sure, Vanessa, remember we went one year. I was just gonna say we were there at the same time. I was promoting Trainwreck and doing maybe one stand up show, and you were. I was playing with United Nations. You were playing with United Nations, and also shows. you were getting. You got me so many free shoes. Oh yeah, I had a friend who worked for. Converse or something. No, I think it was Vans. Oh, it was Vans. Oh, yeah. yeah. They had some kind of house and they had free shoes. Yeah, the house of Vans. House of Vans. Yeah. But, but yeah, we played a show, a couple shows, and it was for Collect. And Martin Shkreli was at our show. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's right. He was there. Did you get a chance to bro down or (laughs) finesse a make out with him, maybe? I don't know. I I wish. For people who don't remember who Martin Shkreli is, will one of you explain it? Yeah, he's you know the pharma bro guy, and he was you know it's actually kind of like uh you know our singer was involved in a label with him at the oh, time. Oh wow! Before yeah. I forgot he had that label. He, yeah. he did he did so much vileness, and I completely forgot that he was involved in other than buying that Wu Tang record. Yeah, he bought no, the million he was, dollar Wu Tang record. He was like a very big fan of. Screamo, you know, he was a huge Thursday fan. I I met him twice. One was at that show, and once was at like a like a a lot dispute show in Brooklyn. I mean, he was wow. really into this kind of music. Um, but yeah, I remember him being at the show. I didn't spend a lot of time with him. He's I the guy. He, he somehow made some kind of a drug cost a lot of money. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he was the like price. a villain. Yeah. Yes, very much a villain. He he made like the, a drug that normally costs like. At five or ten dollars, cost like three hundred or something like that, and it was like yeah. it was like diabetes for elderly <laughs> yeah. ladies or something specific, yeah. where it was just yeah. really, really evil. Yeah, you knew but him I'm, before he turned, or maybe yeah. before I didn't really know him super well. I mean, like I yeah. said, I just remember him being at that show because it was it was a label, but um, that was the year we were there together. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it was really fun. Yes, <laughs> Martin Scarelli. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. No, I didn't know it was going to take that turn, I, bet, but... I bet you could get him on this podcast. <laughs> I think we probably Is could. Is he in prison? No, I think he just got out recently. I think he got out recently. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, then Olivia, yeah. our producer, I hope you're... Yeah. Yeah, and I think we actually hung out with Zach Blair on that at that House of Vans. Oh, maybe, yeah. Who's, yeah, who's, you know, plays with Mike. And... Also, I think I got shoes yeah. and a gift card for shoes, which was amazing. Do you like yeah. how that's what I remember? <laughs> shoes are that's one of the best things about festivals is when you get free shoes. Oh yeah. And that's yep. always, always a treat. Yeah. And so also fun. always a pain when you get the free shoes really early and you have to carry them around all day because you know, it take you you had to park like a hundred miles away or whatever. So you're just kind of stuck watching, you know. Watching the band Mogwai with a bunch of Converse <laughs> under your under your arms. I know. That's I know. True. That's it's, true. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, the first year I went there many years ago and I got a free pair of Sauconies and then I think Vans. Whoa, that's really expensive shoe. don't really they don't really do that stuff anymore. I don't think. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that still is much of a thing. That kind of you know, I you know, I don't know. But I'm not really as much in the think it's in the biz a, these days. I don't know. What do you think, Mike? You still got um, a lot of free stuff. It's. It's, I think there's, it's changed a lot yeah. post pandemic. So it's really like them having to, you know, that it brings South by Southwest brings in like millions and millions of dollars to the city, like, like multiple millions, <laughs> millions and millions, multiple millions. <laughs> uh, and so it was a real hit when the pandemic took it out for two years. So they're kind of, I think they're kind of like rebuilding. So I, I think the industry is kind of trying to figure out what it is. It's becoming more and more of a tech tech right. thing than a, than a music thing anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking about moving into the tech space myself. So, yeah. Whoa, Jonah, what kind of projects <laughs> are you thinking of doing? Oh, some AI, I think. Thinking AI. Mm. Right, yeah. right, right. And you'll so, do what very with hot. it? Or? Yeah. I don't know exactly what. Yeah. I don't okay. Know. 
That's really you know, cool. I heard Martin Scarelli's looking to get into <laughs> tech too. So maybe yeah, it's I bet he'd love to... to replace a ton of people's jobs with AI. <laughs> yeah. That feels like a villain move. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with Mike Weeby. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go, right? There's a host, a guest, and a light Q&A. On NPR's new podcast, Wild Card, we have ripped up the typical script. It's part existential deep dive and part game show. I ask actors, artists, and comedians to play a game using a special deck of cards to ask some of life's biggest questions. Listen to NPR's Wild Card on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. i never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. So, Mike, you gave us some great topics, and one of them that we landed on was Saturday morning cartoons. Bring us back to Denton, Texas, in the yes. 80s, Saturday morning. What's your go-to cartoon? What's your go-to cereal? What are we talking about? Well, you know, I was, I was even specifically thinking about the excitement of in September when the new seasons of shows would come out and it felt like they canceled like 90% of the cartoons every season and, and had 90%. So you'd, you'd, there'd be ads in the comic books in comic books and then you get like TV guide or whatever. And it would just have like these ads of like rundowns for all the new cartoons that were going to come out. And they were all so foreign and exciting and, and you couldn't believe they were making a cartoon about Rubik's Cube or <laughs> Pac-Man or, you know, whatever, like just all these new cartoons. And I just remember that was like one of my favorite, favorite times of the year was to sit there and kind of like make a plan because there's three networks, there's ABC, NBC, and CBS. And so you're going to there's going to be cartoons that are running at a certain time. So you had to really kind of plan out what you were going to watch. And maybe you can yep. switch to some during the commercial break. But the idea that you're going to have to miss some this week and then the next week was going to be when you give, you know, the mighty Orbots a chance instead of watching, you know, Dungeons and Dragons or whatever. And you're going to have to switch and flip them around. And I remember like sitting with the TV guide and planning out like the next three weeks of cartoons that I was going to give my attention to. And it was just such a, so exciting, especially because I didn't understand what seasons were or anything sure. like that. Mm -hmm. It was, it was just this thing of like TV was just TV and stuff comes on. And then sometimes it doesn't come on and you just, there, you were at the whim of the magic box the whole time. There was no like insider information about that. Yeah, it's true. Did you have any kind of favorite kind of standouts that you remember? There was a Dungeons and Dragons cartoon that I really liked a whole lot because it was kind of more of an action adventure uh, cartoon because there was some choices you had to make. Like they had, I always loved Bugs Bunny and Looney Tunes, but 
they show those on Saturday mornings, but that was something you could get every that you right. could get that on the weekdays. You could get sure. that on coming home from school or before you have to go to school. So why prioritize it on Saturday so, morning? So you got yeah. So yeah, it's, right. I really enjoyed. Uh, there was a cartoon called uh, Galaxy High that I really liked. That was just about a bunch of because I was probably in grade school or junior high, but it was about like teenagers in a high school, but it was a space high school. Whoa. And that was one of my favorite ones. And that ran, I think for, I kind of was like looking up because memory is faulty. I was looking up and like, oh, that ran for several seasons. That would like ran for like two seasons, or at least they just maybe just kept showing the first season for a second season. Those two were big Saturday morning ones. There was a Thundar the Barbarian. Yep was a big one pole position about some guys who drove these fancy cars that could kind of fly around. Those were, those were the big ones. I was honestly really just the whole, the idea that there were three channels showing just cartoons for like four hours. If you got up at 6am was just such like, it was just like gorging on candy. It was so, so so exciting. The best. Now it sounds like you really, planned things out like you were really scheduling things whereas I don't know where you fall on this Jonah I feel like personally the thing about TV when I was a kid was I just it was I felt like I had no control over it I didn't really know how to schedule it I just felt like if I turned on the TV and Jem was on it was like the best day of my life like I didn't really know how to like regularly watch stuff. And when I was reading some of this research on um, Saturday morning cartoons, so many shows that I loved, I didn't even remember that they were on Saturday mornings. But Jonah, do you feel like you scheduled that? Like, do you? No, I feel like I was not, you know, I feel like I woke up and then kind of turned it on and just flipped around whatever, you know, if if Muppet Babies or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are on, it's like, that's, that's where I'm staying, right? And then it seems like a lot of those shows that did have success for example, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles moved on to like a weekday type of a thing. Yeah, right? I think it's called syndication. When you get a certain yeah. amount of episodes, right, right, it gets right, right, syndicated. Right. Vanessa, you probably know this having been on yeah. TV. Right, right. Yeah, yes, I, yes. I guess syndic- I just didn't yeah. even realize those shows were on Saturday mornings ever. Right. But some of them, but they were. And then some of them just kind of got stuck there on Saturday mornings, which is kind of... And they, you know, they do, they would do a weird thing because when I was looking at this, trying to refresh my memory, I was just like looking up like Saturday morning programming, 1986 to 87 or whatever. And like they would move the time slots around like mid season all the time. Wow. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Which seems crazy, but also they're little kids who can't, they're not going to remember. Right. We're not going to be like, I don't like that this program's not on at this time. I'm busy at this time. Yeah. It's like, what are you going to do? You clean your room? Do you remember that they targeted, at least in the, maybe this was late 80s, early 90s, they really started targeting say no to drug stuff, like in between Saturday morning cartoons. And there's this one ad that I always try to find. I always go into a deep dive where this kid's like skateboarding through this dark town. And it's like he's just skateboarding, uh, kind of like past a lot of drugs and stuff, and then that are sort of personified. And then at the end, it's like say no to drugs, which is what I think every all of those ads kind of had like some kind of like rock and roll kind of acoustic or uh, electric guitar, like say no to yeah. drugs, like, <laughs> which did as a kid make you be like, okay, it is cool to say no to drugs. Like, yeah, there's, there's cool music. This kid's acting so cool. He's saying no to like the personified smoke or whatever. And this rocks. Yeah. They definitely didn't prepare you for the fact that drugs were going to be offered to you by somebody who's actually like a really nice and cool friend, you know, like a friend that like is a a close friend that you've known your whole life, that it wasn't going to be a horrible monster that slinks out of an alley, you know? Or it's not going to be like some like mean kid who's like, everyone's doing it. So you have to do it too. Because the peer pressure thing was such a part of it. But you're right. It's like, it's probably going to be a cool, nice person who you respect. Yeah, nobody wants to punch you to make you do <laughs> the drugs that they worked hard to get, probably. <laughs> yeah, that they paid money yeah. for. Yeah. They're not going to be like, take my drugs for free or I'll be mad at you when I paid all this money for them. <laughs> going to punch you in the arm real hard. 
Mike, what was your kind of like, were you snacking on anything when you were watching these cartoons or what's your, what, we what had was your... a, we had a pretty, pretty sugarless cereal house. Our, yeah. okay. The one indulgence we got was honey nut Cheerios. Yeah. Oh, so those are a lot so of, good. Have you tried yeah. those today? Yes. They yeah. stand up <laughs> big time. They do. I, I eat them raw. I raw dog <laughs> oh, <yeah>. them. <laughs> Just handfuls in the thing. Handfuls yeah. in the box. Okay. Just eat them. There's falling through my fingers. They're so good. A lot of, I feel like I know, like some of my friends who are parents have, will pack Cheerios in a little baggie for their kids or whatever. And I'm like, why don't I do that for myself? Why yeah. don't you pack me any, you know? <laughs> and it was, as a kid, it was the greatest in that, like, they they did they did a real sneaky move by making Cheerios sugary. Yes. You know, because yes. Cheerios were so obviously like the healthy cereal or whatever, or promoted as the healthy cereal. So the fact that that glaze of honey on them was just magnifique. I was big into Raisin Bran Crunch. Do you remember that one? Oh, that was so oh, good. Yeah. That was such a sugar cereal disguised yeah, I mean, as but a you're healthy like, cereal. It has raisins yeah. in it. Raisins. It's got to be yeah. super good for you. It's, it's Raisin so Bran, but it's... Cr- can you imagine anything more fun than just sitting and eating cereal and watching Saturday morning cartoons? Oh. I want to do it right now. <laughs> yeah, it is. That would be. It's and it so is weird. Fun. I do. There, there's a couple things that I try not to be too like. Kind of like the South by Southwest thing. I try not to be too like negative about like things have changed and I the old is good and bad is right. new, but <laughs> it is a little bit of a. It is a little bit of a sad thing that kids probably don't experience Saturday morning cartoons like I did. You know, that like video rental stores is like a thing that like, oh man, I'm so bummed that people don't, we'll never get to really experience that again. Cause that was like another, an older highlight of my life, but like definitely Saturday morning cartoons. It's like, yeah, there's no, there's kids don't probably even watch TV. They watch like YouTube and, and, or streamers or whatever. And it's just all on demand and stuff like that. Yeah. And I did some research on this. Yeah. It started the Saturday morning cartoons kind of started at Saturday and Sunday mornings and the, the big three television networks, as you said, started in the mid sixties to the mid two thousands. And yeah, it just kind of declined. I think in, in the mid two thousands, I think just because of, people's habits and everything and and probably the iPhone. And then now these kids are like, did you remember beta testing this app as a kid or something? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is interesting though. Cable television networks have revived the practice of debuting their most popular animated programming on Saturday and Sunday mornings on a sporadic basis. Interesting. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I have no idea really if that still happens. I'm going to maybe test it out on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, try it. Turn on the TV Saturday morning. Because I'm interested to know. Also, there's so many of the cartoons, like the ones that I loved were like Garfield was yeah. huge. Garfield that, is a great. big Garfield fan. Huge. Yeah. Was Heathcliff on Saturday mornings? Because I used to get them confused and go, okay, I guess the difference is that Garfield lives kind of a luxe life and eats lasagna and sort of like just annoys Jim. And Heathcliff lives in... Like, Lives in a bunch Scar- of garbage can. cans. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then you had Clifford, who's Clifford you know, the, the big, big red, red dog. dog. Yeah, oh, yeah, so yeah, he's yeah, kind of yeah. doing his thing too. Yeah. There was a show called Garfield and Friends, and it was like right. half was Garfield, but half was like the same style of art, but it was a bunch of people that lived on a farm, and there was an egg that hadn't hatched, but just its feet were out, and the egg would walk around. Oh, yeah, Garfield and... I feel like, yeah, you would focus on the other characters. Yeah. And there were other animals, too? There were other animals. It was a bunch of other animals. It was like a sidecar. It was like the and friends part of it. It had its own show. And, yeah, there was like ducks and maybe some pigs, but I, I mostly remember the the one egg with the feet that's come out that is right. not right. Like it was, it was, I think they int- were introducing like, like childhood anxiety because it was scared to crack open. It wanted to yes. kind of stay in the, in the, in the egg womb of sorts. Yes. So the egg's name is Sheldon and this is from U- U.S. Acres. U.S. Acres. Which, yes. 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 Yeah. And he didn't want to come out of his show, which Sheldon, we get okay. it. Producer Olivia is saying you can watch it on Peacock. Ooh. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that I 
now that you've said that, Mike, I think I liked Garfield and Friends more than I liked regular Garfield. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. It was more fun to have more yeah. characters. Yeah, you get more lasagna. <laughs> more Jonah, lasagna. did you know, I don't know if you knew this, that our our cat growing up who resembled Garfield, Pumpkin, who was a mm-hmm. long-haired orange cat. I remember the cat, yeah. I gave him the middle name Garfield, so his official name was Pumpkin Garfield Bayer. Did you know that? I vaguely remember this. Not okay. something I've thought about recently, wow. but yeah, very, very <laughs> yeah. creative. That's how much, yeah, Garf- Garfield Very influenced. influential, yeah. Yeah, Pumpkin Garfield Bayer. I remember noticing at one point that I think the guy who does Garfield's voice is the same guy who did Peter Venkman's voice on the real Ghostbusters. Really? Yeah. I I remember definitely hearing voices through different cartoons. There was a lot of people. And then when I got older, I was so freaked out because Dungeons and Dragons, which was that cartoon that I liked, had... The voice of Donnie Most from Happy Days, uh, Ralph Mao from Happy oh, Days yeah, was like yeah, one yeah. of the main guys, and Willie Ames from Charles in Charge was like one of the main guys. Just wow. super recognizable people that like ah, I, I can't believe I never noticed that. It's, it's shot. I I texted Jonah earlier this week because I saw this thing on social media that the voice of Knight Rider was Mr. Feeney from Boy Meets yeah. World. Yeah, and I was that. like, "What?" I want to make a Shazam app that nails people's voices in commercials because wow. sometimes there'll be a car commercial, and I'm like, "I know this actor," and it will, yeah, it will torture me forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a good. Did you guys ever see that comic Garfield minus Garfield? Oh yeah, yeah, no. that's really great. Let's just check out. It's Gar. It's someone went through and took Garfield out of all the comics, wow. so it's just Jim talking to himself. And it's like makes it like very dark and like existential. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's really that cool. Sounds really yeah. funny. Yeah. Yeah. Mike, do you remember the um speaking of Saturday morning, the, the Saturday morning cartoon soundtrack where a lot of like punk and alternative bands oh, yeah. remade these songs? Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. I was trying to look it up. I looked for it on Spotify and there's like a few of the songs are there. But yeah, it's like, you know, a lot of these soundtracks they they're missing a lot. Yeah, the what was the premise stuff. of the show? It was a it was a soundtrack. It came out in '95, and it was like all these alternative bands covering Saturday morning cartoon shows. So like the Ramones covered Spider Man. It was like Liz Sponge Fair, was on Liz, Liz Fair. Fair covered like the Banana Splits. Yeah. So I wait, think. is it a show or is it? No, this is a, a soundtrack. This is a yeah, soundtrack. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. but it was okay. like a lot of the big alternative bands of the day. You know, Toadies, Sublime, Face to Face is on it. Dig some some uh, Helmet, uh, Collective Soul, of course. How would um, one find this? What is it's it's called? It's called Saturday Morning Cartoons Greatest Hits. Great. Yeah. So it's just a soundtrack from '95. Okay. Like I said, it's not really on stream. It's probably on YouTube. But there is a. a Song by a band Vanessa really likes Frente. I love Frente. Yeah, they cover the Flintstones song theme oh, song. Okay, gotta check this out as ASAP. Yeah, and the name of the Flintstones song is called "Open Up Your Heart and Let Sunshine In." Yeah, that's I the guess... song everyone knows from the Flintstones. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I guess is... it's a song that was first written in 1954. Okay, is that maybe guess... from an episode where there is a band in the it's, episode I think. It says that the most famous recording featured Pebbles and Bam Bam um, performing the song during the closing s- credits of the show's last season. Wow. And it says although they, they formed a rock band as teenagers in the 70s, this was kind of their biggest hit. Okay. Um, so so it sounds like Pebbles and Bam Bam peak kind of early with their musical career. Yeah. Right, right, right. As so many people do. That happened yeah. to me. Happened to me. <laughs> now, Jonah, you found this really interesting article that six cringeworthy Saturday morning celebrity cartoons from the 80s and yeah. 90s. Ooh, Mike, I'd love... be curious if, if you remember any of these because I didn't. One of them I remembered, and I remember being a huge fan of these celebrities and still not wanting yeah. to watch it. I'm guessing a lot of these had the celebrity in live action come and intro the cartoon because that happened quite a bit. You're absolutely right. They wouldn't actually be their voice in the cartoon, but they do these like interstitials that were probably way easier for them to do and way less of a commitment and they still probably got paid. Yeah. Yeah. So so there's this article in Collider about it. Um, 
MC Hammer had one called uh, Hammerman Don't Touch This, where it was he did voice the character. Some of these ca- some of these cartoons, they actually had like no one from the bands involved or the celebrities, but yeah. he voiced this character. Do you remember that at all, Mike? There was only I don't one remember season. MC Hammer. Okay. No, I don't. Okay. Oh, I think the article says Don't Touch This. <laughs> oh, gotcha. That's not yeah. the name of the. Yeah, right. The, that the makes more sense. The article looks like it was written by you, Jonah, because the introduction of each show makes like kind of a kind of a punny. Uh, smart this comment. one was bad enough that no one wanted to touch it. Yeah, yeah that, exactly. is, that does sound like exactly. something I would it's write. Very Jonah. Um, uh, the next one is the new kids on the block. Uh, it, they call, say the wrong stuff, which yeah, not the not the name, but um, do you remember That's that the one? one at that all, Mike? I remember. Do you remember I rem- that? I remember it coming out and just I don't know if I saw it once and realized it wasn't their real voices or I, I don't know. I just remember having no interest in it. And th- what's so funny is that is that this article says that it was like in a lot of these cartoons, the celebrities were heroes, but in, but in this one, the members of New Kids on the Block are just trying to navigate a life of fame. And like they'd find themselves in situations where they like wanted to be treated as ordinary people, but were discovered by fans and cornered and needed help escaping. Like it seems like such a bad idea for a show. It seems like so not relatable and not relatable, fun yeah. for wow. kids yeah. to yeah. see them just be surrounded by fans and have to get out of the situation. It's like it's like if they made a Saturday morning cartoon of Entourage. Yeah. <laughs> 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 What's Vinny Chase getting into this week? Is he going to make the deal? What disguise is he going to wear to go to the grocery store? Yeah, It's like, what about this appeals to kids? Yeah. Yeah. That's a bizarre one. Um, We also got uh, a Mr. T, which I guess lasted three seasons of Mr. T I remember the Mr. T cartoon. I do, yeah. And I I think I'm pretty sure he did little interstitials of coming yes, on it like, yes. like definitely like it was a very all his stuff was very like anti-drug anti-bullying anti yes you know, they had a moral to every episode this yeah says. yeah so um, this is a, a really interesting one this one is a, about uh a trio of celebrity athletes um called pro stars and it's michael jordan wayne gretzky and bo jackson and, I remember uh, this one too. I remember they were this. working on like the ozone crisis, rainforest pollution, and it said <laughs> they didn't voice the, the characters. Crisis. It's also so again, these guys are making so much money by just like licensing their likenesses, and then they don't have to do any work. They don't have to yeah. do the voiceovers at all. They just get to like come in and like while they're already at work, like record a fast video. Uh, I've gotten lucky enough to record a couple voiceovers for some. There's like a Japanese animation well, a company that buys all Japanese animation in Dallas. And back when I lived there, I did a bunch of voiceovers for um, I never like got any lead characters, but I'd like go in for like three or four hours and just do a hundred different, not a hundred, but like 10 different guys, you know, villain number two or villager number six. And what, what, huh? And a lot of, a <laughs> lot of stuff like that for like Dragon Ball Z and some shows like that. But it was the easiest job ever. Yeah. And it was yeah. the most fun too. I can't imagine turning that gig down. Yeah. 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 I love doing voiceover stuff. It's so fun. It's so easy. You can literally wear your sweatpants, which since the pandemic is all I really ever do anyway. But um, <laughs> it's, it's great. Now, Jonah, what what about this next one, which I might remember? Hulk Hogan's Rock, oh, no, I don't. Rock and Wrestling. Oh yeah, I remember. You remember that, that one? You do? Yeah. yeah. So this is yeah, this is a bunch of wrestlers, there and is, I, I think yeah, yeah. The Andre the Opera. Giant was one of them, and yep. uh, right. and I don't think it was his real voice, but Andre the Giant having I, I think he was like Austrian or somewhere. Eastern Bloc, so he had this very thick accent, and I remember an episode where they found a baby elephant, and he kept saying, baby elephant, and I, I just, that's just a random thing stuck in my head of me wow. and my brother saying, baby elephant. Well, <laughs> this this article does says the weird thing about this show is there was little wrestling. Instead, the show focused on strange plots like cleaning Mean Gene's house or Hulk Hogan becoming Robin Hulk and defending Sherwood Forest with his merry band of wrestlers and after getting caught in a time machine. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think at any point like the writers are like, oh, it seems a little too out there. I think we got to reel it back in a little bit. Maybe the the time travel feels. I think they should have used that in the the squared circle up there. Do that in the (laughs) ring for real. 
Well, I think that also my memory is that also wrestling was on, like WWF wrestling was on. Right, too. right, right. So why I watch them this. wrestle when you can watch cartoons of them cleaning a garage yeah. or whatever? Yeah. <laughs> Where does a vacuum cleaner go? Uh, anyways, and the last one is a kid and play had a cartoon. Oh wow! I they didn't voice that. their own characters, but there were live action segments that also included Salt and Pepper, Cool Modi, um, and it was focused on how to help kids make good choices and stay out of trouble. Unfortunately, yeah, I don't think this. It was really was cheesy, so no, so the lessons didn't really get learned, and no one watched it. It sounds what, like did little kids like kid and play too? Like that felt like such a teenagery kind of yeah. Like they were yeah. that was like hip. It's, they yeah. kind of crossed over, I think, into like being kind of like a kind of cultural phenomenon, like pop culture phenomenon. I think. Well, yeah, kind of- they had the movie in 1990, House Party, which was a huge yeah. success. And I think maybe the creators maybe thought it aired from September to December 1990. So it kind of came out at the same time. Maybe there was a big kid and play push. And in the movie for teenagers and adults that work great and in this animated show that seems like it absolutely stunk. It didn't yeah. go well. <laughs> Kid and Play seems like having them go from like having a house party in a movie and probably like kind of trying to get out of trouble to teaching lessons in a cartoon. Seems do you, do you guys remember that that Kid and Play? Like they had that kind of famous dance where mm-hmm. it's like you, you do it someone they else and you kind of grab, grab their feet. Yeah. I feel like everyone would try to do it, but like no one really knew how to do it. Yeah. Just be like, you'd be just like kicking your friend, sort of like. Yeah. yeah. It was hard to coordinate it. They were yeah. really pretty they talented dancers. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, they could do that thing where they hold where you hold your foot and then you jump and make yes. your foot go through the loop of you holding the foot. Right. Yes. Yeah. I remember my friends trying to do that dance and copy them. And I remember being like, there's just no way. This I don't even want to try and do this. It looks you could get impossible. Hurt. Yeah. Well, Mike, you know, you famously have, have have gotten hurt, you know, during live performances, jumping off things. Have you ever tried yeah. to do like a kid and play type move off <laughs> like on stage? Uh, the, yeah, on stage off maybe like a PA or something. I don't know. Uh, dare accepted. <laughs> now, Joni, you said Mike has famously gotten hurt. I'd like to hear about just one example of one of these injuries if it's well, not too painful to recount. Yeah, I the worst I my little heart just makes me want to go for it up there and and one time uh this was actually at South by Southwest. We were playing this we we would play in this little bar called the Jackalope that we would play every year. It was like a free show and just have as many people come in. It was kind of like a side, like an unofficial show. And I jumped off a bar and I I, I timed it poorly because like during the set i went and got they let me pour drinks for everybody like while i was singing i was like pouring shots and i gave and they were giving out shots so everybody was holding up their shot glasses and i jumped into the crowd forgetting that everyone's sweet sweet booze was a lot more precious to them than catching old mike gotcha. and uh, i fell and i collapsed my lung i collapsed my, oh my left, God. left lung yeah so i was in the hospital for about a week with a tube in in between my ribs kind of working wow. it out learned a valuable lesson that day yeah i'm glad you're okay and yeah me too yeah that's feels like um what did you do you remember what you did right after you felt like, were you unconscious or were you like, I finished this. I tried finishing the wow. song. Wow. It was the last song in the set. Okay. Um, but I finished this song, but it sounded, I think it probably sounded like when you have a balloon that has a, like a, like a rip in the balloon and you're trying to blow it up. It's just kind of this. Right. Oh, flapping airy thing. It was pretty, it was pretty bad. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, and I also just want to give a plug, uh, to my, like I said, Riverboat Gamble is one of my favorite bands. I, like my oh, wife kind of makes you. fun of me because like I say like every band, she's like, how many bands are like your favorite band? I'm like, this guy Mike's <laughs> one of my favorite bands. She's like, oh, you say that like four times a day about different bands. But but yeah, um, and I know Something to Crow About just got re-released. And um, yeah, I did a bio for you guys for Volcom a long time ago for the Wolf You Feed, which is still like one of my favorite records. Like just an amazing record and all the other stuff you do and, and Broken Gold with Ian and, and all you guys. I'm just such a big fan of, of everything. Oh, thanks, Jonah. Okay, Jonah's Welcome. absolutely geeking out, so it's time to take a commercial <laughs> break. <laughs> but we'll be right back with Mike Weeby. <laughs> 
Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Jean Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go, right? There's a host, a guest, and a light Q&A. On NPR's new podcast, Wild Card, we have ripped up the typical script. It's part existential deep dive and part game show. I ask actors, artists, and comedians to play a game using a special deck of cards to ask some of life's biggest questions. Listen to NPR's Wild Card on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. <laughs> oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. And we are back. We have a game to play with you now, Mike. And Jonah <laughs> loves uh, kind of a pop culture phrase, which is congratulations, you played yourself. So he's decided to name this game. <laughs> congratulations, you played yourself product edition. Congratulations, you played yourself. Yeah. Jonah, do you want to explain it? <laughs> sure. Yeah. So this is a new segment. This is going to be a reoccurring segment for at least a couple episodes where we discuss three products that were discontinued in 2023 and pick one of them we'd like to bring back. In other words, which one of these corporations completely played themselves? So okay, there it I is. will pick. <laughs> okay. uh, so basically, it's from CNN Business, this article. We'll pick three of these things that got discontinued last year, and then we we decide which one we want to bring back. I guess the logic being, if you discontinued something that we want to bring back, you played yourself. Right. So the first one is the Dunkachino. So it's one of the most recognizable drinks at Dunkin' Donuts. It was added to the menus in 2000, and it was supposed to be a unique blend of coffee and hot chocolate. There was a frozen version too. Dunkin' Donuts didn't say why they discontinued it, but um, people are speculating it's because it just wasn't selling well. I guess there is a, a hack where if you order a hot chocolate with a turbo shot of expre- espresso, that can sound similar to a Dunkachino. But basically, after you know two decades, a Dunkachino's gone. Mike, any any thoughts about the Dunkachino um, discontinued? We here in Texas, we don't have very many Dunkin' Donuts. They're not okay. as prevalent as they are in other parts. So I've never had a Dunkachino, but I definitely know about the Dunkachino from mostly from online, but I, it was in that Al Pacino in that Adam Sandler movie did a whole rap where he was going dunk, dunk, Dunkachino. Really? And he was, it was the Al Pacino. Yeah, it's really funny. And it's, it's where Al Pacino's promoting Dunkachino as, and, and he's just, singing a bunch of lines from various like really famous uh i can't remember what adam sandler movie is i think maybe maybe jack and jill maybe okay okay Okay. yes our producer olivia saying it's from jack and jill okay i haven't seen that one which is weird because i've been watching a lot of like later early 2000s era adam sandler movies recently because there are some bizarre ones like i'm watching click and all of these kind of yeah 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 yeah. But dunks. Okay, so no strong feelings so about it. So- yeah. I don't have strong feelings. It sounds like it sounds like something too sugary for me, like yeah. drink wise. Yeah. I tend to like my coffee 
just straight black. So I'm probably not going to fight for this to come back. Sure, that's fair. Vanessa, yeah. what are your thoughts on the Jonah, Ducatino? what did you say the hack was for this again, that you could order like, it? Like a shot, I think it's like a hot chocolate with espresso or a something shot of it. like yeah. that. Yeah. I, I, just I mean, think... I, I, let's, let's also say like, okay, like, is this really a hack? I don't know. Like, right, uh, right, you right, know, right. let's, well, let's not give what... this too much credit. Yeah. Well, I was just you know? going to yeah. say... I just don't know a ton of adults, which generally adults are who drink coffee. I don't know a ton of adults who are like, I want to have a coffee that's also hot chocolate. So it doesn't seem like a huge loss to me. Although I guess maybe this was more for the teenage market because I remember as a teenager, I was always ordering cafe mochas because I was like, I'm being cool and Mm -hmm. drinking coffee. But at the same time, it just sort of tastes like hot chocolate, but just not quite as good. So yeah. right. I just don't know. The Dunkachino, I, I am surprised because I feel like maybe because of that movie, but that name is so recognizable as someone who's always lived in areas that are around a lot of Dunkin' Donuts. But I don't know. I don't feel super strongly about it. I feel more strongly about it in that it's such a recognizable name unless that like, I'm like, oh, I can't get a hot chocolate coffee at Dunkin' Donuts, which already sounds pretty disgusting. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Jonah, how do you feel about this? Look, it's no secret my feelings about Dunkin'. Uh, I I live live the opposite of you, Mike. I live in an area where there's like one every like 20 feet. Yeah. And, you know, I've had my own issues with our local Dunkin' Donuts. I've emailed with their management about certain things I'd like to see change, which haven't. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, always uh, getting it. They probably love you there. Yeah. And now, you know, I have my own kind of home espresso set up. I can be a little snobby about coffee. Yeah, this this to me is something I would never order (laughs) unless it was on their rewards app where it was like, spend like five cents and you get it for free but the but the way they've restructured the reward system that you know that's Oof, never gonna happen don't get you wow. started uh, that's a whole other so yeah so no yeah. i i don't know i i don't know it's it's a i don't like the, the really sugary stuff either so i would say no on this one yeah uh vanessa what about you what's the next one here okay so the next one is raspberry rally cookies this is a girl scouts cookie and they say while raspberry rally was extremely popular last year They're taking a pause this season to prioritize supplying their classic varieties. They introduced this cookie last year as a sister cookie to the iconic Thin Mints. But in the Raspberry Rally, the cookie part is replaced with a bright pink berry flavored part. So I guess that's instead of the peppermint, it's raspberry and it's dipped in the same chocolate coating. And I guess the news that it wasn't coming back created an online shopping spree with some people... (laughs) Some chapters reporting they sold out of the $5 boxes in less than a day. Resellers are selling them on eBay for as much as $30 a box. So the Raspberry Rally cookie, again, envision a thin mint, but instead of mint, it's raspberry. How do you feel, Mike? Are you going to miss these? Are you... you... I I never got a chance to try those, but they sound delicious. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they sound going through eBay and getting 30 bucks (laughs) for them, but... But it sounds it sounds good. It sounds. I mean, I'm generally a fan of all the Girl Scout cookies. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, to me, I find it so interesting these these cultural phenomenons with these products. Because like, I just saw an article this week about you know that company Stanley that makes like make those mugs. Oh yeah. There's this pink Valentine's Day Stanley mug, and Target has them, and like people are stampeding to get them, and it's like why. Because yeah. you're told this is an important thing. Like, it's so weird how these things catch on. Like, how is this different than any other color? Scarcity, yeah. Yeah, but it's really just like kind of marketing. Like, how do they figure out to get people to care about this stuff? And kind of with these cookies, like, yeah, they sound good, but it's also like, my mind always goes to, oh, maybe this is like a strategic move where they get everyone yeah. right. to continue them on purpose. Yeah, with all this stuff, with all these products, it's like, do they just take them away to bring them back? Mike, almost like, when a band's like, we're breaking up. And then like a year yeah. later, they're like, well, now it's a reunion and it's, it gets people excited. I'll, sometimes I wonder. Mm-hmm. That's the uh, the the classic Coke, new Coke theory. Yeah, yeah. Because remember when they took, they took classic Coke away or they took Coke away and made new Coke and then brought back Coca-Cola classic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. So yeah, to Mike's point, yeah, I think raspberry, I like raspberry. I like, mm-hmm. sounds good. Mm-hmm. The mint, but it's if it's not there, then uh, like oh, the, I wanted to try this cookie. They don't have it. I'll, I'll get something else. I'm not. I'm not jumping on eBay right. and, and starting a bid in war. Vanessa, what about you? 
Well, I just want to be clear with the listeners that nowhere in this article does it say it was a marketing move. I think that that's Jonah. Is that something Jonah thinks might be happening behind the scenes? And that's, that's quite possible. That's yeah. quite possible. Yeah. It's actually probably a really smart move by them to be like changing up the cookies every so often because then sure. probably the ones that aren't available anymore always get sold out right away. The reason that I don't feel like we need to bring these back, but I sort of agree with what Girl Scouts did here is because... I always get bummed out when I go to buy Girl Scout cookies and it's all these new flavors. Like I just want to buy the nostalgic ones. I feel like the basic original nostalgic ones were so good that it's sometimes a bummer when it's like the only ones we have left are these ones that are I've never heard of before. And I don't know. I just feel like Girl Scout cookies are so good and there's no need to really mess with the originals. But also I probably sound like a Karen right now. So... <laughs> <laughs> So I don't know. Jonah, do you want to read this last one? <laughs> yeah. So the last one is, uh, there's an article in CNN here. Foodies are devastated that Ranzoni will discontinue its beloved star-shaped pastina. So, uh, pasta, yeah. so pasta brand Ranzoni has announced they're discontinuing its pastina product, which is uh, a little star-shaped pasta. Uh, they posted uh, earlier this month on Instagram, we hear you and greatly appreciate your love for Ranzoni pastina. After extensive efforts, we regret regretfully announced that Ranzoni Pastina is being discontinued. This wasn't a decision that we wanted to make. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it says that, you know, this was due to a long-term supplier that announced would no longer be able to make Pastina starting in January 2023. They said they searched for an alternative solution, but were unable to identify a viable option to make Pastina in the same beloved Small shape, size, and standards you've come to expect from Ranzoni. So yeah, so they're basically saying, I don't know, the pasta company they buy it from was like, our star machine's broken. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. What do you two think about the, the Ranzoni pastina discontinue? Mike, what do you think? It just this smells like some <laughs> sort of lie. There's some sort yeah. of cover-up going here. Yeah. You know, there's... Somebody's not telling the truth. They're pulling the wool over the American public's eyes with this pasta zoni debacle. It, it's interesting because it doesn't seem like it would be that complicated to cut pasta yeah. into a different shape. Yeah. They're very tiny. I will say that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that okay, okay, Vanessa's speaking up for big pasta. but Well, uh, I just want to give a shout out to our dad right now because what you just said, Mike, reminded me of this one time. Jonah does not remember this. I've already asked him. That our dad confronted... <laughs> He confronted someone he worked at. I think it was his old boss. And he told him, he said, you're not going to pull the wool. And then he pretended to pull wool over his eyes. And then he said, <laughs> over my eyes. And I remember him coming home and telling us about when he did this. And it was so crazy. <laughs> yeah, you got to mime it out. You got to mime pull it out. Pull the wool over my eyes. You give yeah. a, a space in between wool and over my eyes to actually pull down that wool. Yeah, I do not remember this, but I have no doubt that it happened. <laughs> yeah, it's very Todd. I will say that I feel, I actually feel like it is sad that this went away because I just, first of all, I want to say I never knew it existed because I thought those little stars only came in certain soups. I didn't know you could buy the little star pasta on its own, or else I would have been buying that stuff day and night. <laughs> but I think it's sad it's going away. But again, it's sort of like, who am I to speak when I didn't, I've never bought it and I didn't know it existed uh, as a product on its own. So I think it's sad it's going away. But I also, it just feels like it's, you know, now it's 2024. It feels like you know, for a company to be like, there's nothing we can do. This company yeah. that used to cut the pasta yes. feels, uh, what's, what's really happening? You know what I mean? Our hands are tied. Yeah. <laughs> it's impossible. Technology, the technology doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Right. Feels... Right. Right. Yeah. And so this article also says pastina is a smallest shape that Ranzoni sells according to their website. The petite five-pointed stars are typically cooked in soups with cheese and eggs. Yeah, you know you know when you what? get soup and it has little stars in it and you go, okay, I guess this rocks. That's what I'm, that's what I'm envisioning. Yeah, yeah. Now, are uh, yeah, they going to no, continue making star pasta that's bigger size stars? It sounds to me like they are. It sounds to me it's just a small star, the technology. I know it's crazy. We can like 3D print a honest. house, but they can't yeah. figure out how yeah. to do this. Yeah, I'm going to be honest and say I don't, even know that I need the star in this photo that I'm looking at, the stars are so small that I'm like, they just 
you can't even see. I I want the stars to be a little bigger anyway, so I'm not I'm not feeling too strongly about this. Jonah, how do you feel? Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't know. It's it's fine. I feel like in in the scope of things that I'm concerned about, that I want to put my energy into petitioning about, that this one's so far down on the list not, that it, it's yeah. It's hard for me to even register, but you know, but yeah, I don't know. Sure. Okay. You so know. between Dunkachino, Raspberry Rally cookies, and Pastina pasta, which one do you wish was going back into production, Mike? Oh, I believe the the Girl Scout cookies, the raspberry. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I, I mean, I'm sure I would like the pasta, but more than wanting the pasta back, I just don't want to be lied to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. Fair. Vanessa, what about you? I think it weirdly I'm going to go for the Dunkachino just because I feel like it's such a classic drink and my other thing is like I know you don't think it's that much of a hack Jonah of just getting a hot chocolate and putting a shot of espresso in it but I can't imagine it's that hard to pr- to have the ingredients on hand to make a Dunkachino if they already have stuff for hot chocolates and for coffees but but I'm not you know I don't own a franchise of you know, uh, I don't own one of the stores. I don't know what goes into it. So, but I will just say from a nostalgic point of view and knowing the name of it, Dunkachino. What about yeah. you, Jonah? I'm going to just, you know, just to maybe play devil's advocate here, I'm going to go with the the, the pastina. Mm-hmm. Like I said, looks, you know, if this is really the only one like this, I don't know, maybe it's nice to have for these egg and cheese soups people are eating right. all the time. Um, and I would also say that I think all three of these products will be back in 2025. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's my prediction. So let's yeah. check in next January. Let's see where we're yeah. at. Yeah. Put it on our cows. Put it on our cows. Uh, yeah. So is that a phrase? I th- yeah, put it on the cow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 So. Mike, what got anything to promote? Where can people find out about you? The ba- you know, you got so many bands, you got so much going on. What's where can people find out more? Oh, Instagram is a fine space. Okay. Uh, RS Mike Weeby at in, on Instagram. Yeah, and there's a there's a new Riverboat Gamblers just reissued a our record, something to crow about, and then there'll be a new Dracula's record coming out sometime in this new year. I'm not sure when though. Amazing. And speaking of the Ramones and Saturday morning cartoons, your cover covered my favorite Ramones song with the gamblers. Bonzo goes to Bitburg. Oh yeah. That was so fun. Oh my gosh. Incredible cover. But yeah, check out all Mike's bands are all incredible. I know Vanessa's going to make fun of me uh, for complimenting Mike so much, <laughs> but he deserves it. So I'm just going to do it. Anyway. He does. He does. And I, but I was going to say Jonah's geeking out again. So it's time for our outro. <laughs> That was really fun. Thanks so much to Mike for joining us and everyone for listening. If you enjoyed this, please subscribe to the podcast and keep an eye out for next week's episode of How Did We Get Weird, where we'll discuss more stories from our childhood and cultural touchstones like Saturday morning cartoons. Thank you, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. Hey, I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go, right? There's a host, a guest, and a light Q&A. On NPR's new podcast, Wild Card, we have ripped up the typical script. It's part existential deep dive and part game show. I ask actors, artists, and comedians to play a game using a special deck of cards to ask some of life's biggest questions. Listen to NPR's Wild Card on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from The Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. 
And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.